Welcome back to Behind the Bench with Carter Eckle. This is episode 43. I'm your host, Carter E. We are joined by a guest here, uh, I guess this morning, being Tuesday morning, but we will get to that in just a second. First, I would like to thank today's title sponsor, which is Double J Auto in Gardnerville. You can find them online at www.doublejautonv.com. And uh, joining me, as always, is Jeff Mulvihill, my producer. But joining us today is, uh, I guess, the Nevada Appeal's newest employee, if you will, in uh, Duke Rittenhouse. Duke, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Duke comes over from the RGJ, and I guess before we get go any further, Duke, I guess maybe tell tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, how you ended up here, and maybe a little background in uh, sports sports journalism, sports writing. Yeah, uh, well, in terms of local journalism, I was at the Reno Gazette Journal for 12 years. Uh, I had five or six different jobs there, actually, uh, including. I was the high school sports reporter uh, for two years. Then I worked uh, what we call on the desk, I guess. I was more putting out the paper than writing. And then for four years, I was the Wolfpack beat reporter, um, but also did some high school stuff just from a staffing standpoint. Um, and then background, I went to Reno High School. I grew up in northern Nevada and then left for jobs in California and Oregon, and, and uh, my wife and I got married here in town and eventually settled um, here in northern Nevada. Yeah, so for those of you who've seen Deuce names on a couple of uh, football games so far this season, that's who uh, who we're talking to right now. Uh, it seems strange to me to call to talk to him as new. He, he's, new to, he's new to here and new to the appeal, but... Carter, you and I have seen him for years. Mm -hmm. so. Right, right. Duke and I bumped into each other plenty, especially uh, I think most recently, well, before this job, obviously, uh, at the at regional softball. I think that was the big one we both spent. And then the next day we were out at the track, or the next That's week right. we were out That's at right. track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, Duke is a, is a great, great reporter, and uh, I'm sure, like I said, you guys have probably seen some of his bylines already on stories, and we'll continue to see that uh here through Nevada Appeal and Record Courier. Uh, Duke, I guess to start with, like I said, you've, we've had you out at, at some football games so far. You've gotten a chance to see Carson a couple times. And uh, I guess to start kind of most recently with uh, their game against Galena, um, obviously they turned to Reed this week, but what did you kind of see in their game against Galena that you think may may carry over this week into their game against Reed? Yeah, it was a, it was a strange game. Uh, in one respect the the one that jumps out of off the stat page is you would expect the team with five turnovers to not lose by 17 and and they did so you know Carson has this opportunistic defense that's looking for you know game changing plays which they got and um, as they had you know talked about after the game what they're looking for is to give the offense the ball back but then to have more you know coming from the offensive side so that those turnovers um, are getting down into the red zone and getting some points and all that. So they were disappointed by that. They were shut out in the second half. Mm -hmm. um, Galena plays really good defense, and, and, and that's a, an interesting thing that hasn't happened the last couple of years. I believe, <clears throat> excuse me, I believe Galena's given up 39 points in four games. So this is a team that's playing good defense. On the other hand, Carson was frustrated. Um, you know, they felt like there was some second and long and third and you know, third down situations where all of a sudden now the punt unit's back on the field because a, a key play didn't happen. So there was some frustration. I, you know, I, I, I label Carson as a dangerous team, a team that if they do start getting those first downs, it can, be, can hang with and beat anyone in, in, the, in the region. 
you said perfectly that offense has you know had some struggles here early on just kind of finishing off drives not that they haven't been able to put together drives but it's like you said getting getting those points on the board uh yeah and five turnovers three interceptions two two fumble recoveries uh for Carson which obviously like you said they got shut out in the second half they fell 27 to 10 uh and for Douglas football fans don't look too far past the Scalina team that's who Douglas has this week at home uh before we get to that I guess we'll kind of flip it over to to read a little bit and from what you've seen with Carson maybe how how you think they might contend with Reed obviously uh they upset the Raiders last year 17-13 uh which is probably the kind of game Carson will need again if if they want to uh steal a league win for their homecoming game against the Raiders obviously Carson and Douglas both with homecoming games this week yeah, you know, the, the Reed game is, is absolutely key, I think, for Carson. Could be the key, you know, for their goals. Their goals have clearly been uh, the 500 record, uh, a playoff berth for sure. I'd, I would guess it's circled, you know, like, guys, we, we've, we need to take this one. We need to get it. Um, yeah, interesting, uh, if there's any um, prep football fans from about 10 years ago, that era, 10, 12 years ago, it was a great rivalry. It was fantastic with Blair Roman and and Ernie Howran up at Reed, mm-hmm. and they would meet deep into the playoffs and like including a couple championship games where it was, you know, Reed was clearly the the, the team to beat in the Reno area, and Carson was just killing people down here, and they would meet in the championship game. So it's a I think it's a great rivalry. I think it's underrated um, in terms of the X's and O's for Friday. You know, Reed, I think, begins and ends with Spencer Fireball, the running back. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, that's that's a key. Now, you know, Spencer's one of those guys where I think, you know, he's going to get his yards. But let's not let him beat us. I mean, we need to we need to make sure tackles. You know, he, he, we're not going to hold him to zero yards probably. So let's, you know, but let's limit his damage. If that can be checked off your to-do list, then I think Reed is a team that can be had. Uh, and I think, again, the Carson defense is opportunistic, and they're going to be uh, smacking at the ball, and they're going to be looking to put the ball on the ground. I think that could be the key. Yeah, and Reed's got 10 turnovers through their first four games as well, which is, I'm sure, something that Carson you know, has starred, circled, however you want to put it. Uh, Reed's quarterback's thrown seven interceptions to four touchdowns so far this season, and then they also have uh, three fumbles lost. But like you said, that offense kind of, kind of turn through running back Spencer Fireball. So, uh, you know, like you said, limiting him is going to be huge, especially if, you know, those turnovers are going to come from Reed. It seems like they're going to come more through the the passing game, which also seems like where Carson is most opportunistic is through the the secondary. Uh, Parker Story had a pair of interceptions returning to the game. Uh, Last week, I believe Kincaid Gill, excuse me, uh, also had an interception as well. JT Heaton had two fumble recoveries along with 12 tackles for Carson and uh, you know I guess any other keys to to that game you think for the Senators or for what they might be able to do to to read in order to to pick up a win on homecoming and and get that first league win you know the other key is is one that's hard I think for you know I've covered sports for a long time and I still find it difficult to judge the play on the lines the you know it's just I think the tendency is you're you follow the ball and you know you're busy you're keeping your stats and all that and the line play I think is going to be huge and that's something that uh, head coach Ryan Bochard has talked about um, that it's an uh, especially on the offensive side a younger line and and they're learning as they go and so there you go there's the line play can Carson play better along both fronts. And, and again, that's something that for me is difficult to judge. I, I generally do leave it up to the coaches to tell me how that's going. I do know that uh, I've been to two Carson games, and, and that's the, that's been Coach Bouchard's comment, first comment both times, you know, 
and we need a little bit stronger along the lines, a little bit more consistency uh, through all four quarters. So there you go. There, there might be something to keep an eye on. If you find Carson pushing Reed back or, or doing well there, not giving up any sacks, that sort of thing, there you go. There, there, there could be your Carson win. Yeah, so we'll see what, what the Senators have in store. Like I said, a homecoming game this Friday evening. Uh, and we talked about Galena already. They will travel to Douglas, where another team that's really needs a needs a league win there or needs a win there after dropping their previous three. Douglas fell to Reno fifty three to seven on Friday. The second quarter has been where things have kind of gotten out of hand for Douglas in their last two games. I think they gave up. 28 points to Reno in the second quarter. I mean, that game was 7-7 at three minutes in, and then the Huskies went on to score 46 points uh, unanswered at that to to run away with that one. Uh, and again, I mean, similar to Carson, Douglas has got to find a little bit of a, a rhythm offensively and see if they can continue to move the ball. They they did that through the first you know quarter and a half against Reno, and then while they were driving down 20 to seven had moved the ball about 60 yards and threw an interception. And from there, the offense just didn't seem to quite get its confidence back um, against, against Galeno. I mean, I know it's a Galeno team you're more made potentially more familiar with than, than Douglas, but uh, with the amount of weapons Galena presents, I know I let in with Douglas's offense, but what do you think Douglas's defense is going to have to do in order to slow down the likes of, you know, Ben Primka or Jojo Sizz uh, or Colson Kermode? Yeah, uh, I think play consistently. Um, you know, Galena for the first time since probably the 2017-ish season is playing with confidence. Um, that hasn't been something that they've had uh, for various reasons. I think I think you your goal would be to hurry Ben Premka, the quarterback, keep him in running a little bit. I think you know Ben would probably be the first guy to admit that maybe he shouldn't have thrown at least one of those passes against Carson, but they were doing a good job of getting him out of the pocket and moving. And I think he's a little bit less effective in, in that respect. He's, he's much improved. Um, for any lacrosse fans out there, he's a fantastic lacrosse player too, so he's a great athlete. Anyway, you get him moving around a little bit. And then, uh, again, I keep hitting on this, but it's high school football. You, you can't miss tackles. You know, you, you have got to know where the chains are. The, the little things sometimes you see in high school games where, where players don't know where the chains are or something like that. Um, you try to limit JoJo Sizz, who's a, a, a good running back. In general, I said, you know, I, I think Galena's strength is actually a little bit more on the defensive side. And then, as, as you mentioned briefly, keep an eye on number two, who's only a sophomore, just a, a natural athlete. His name's Colson Kermode. They'll use him as a wildcat, too. You'll see that. All of a sudden, they'll be in this weird formation, and you'll go, where the heck is Primka? Well, he's not out there, or he's out at receiver, because they've got Colson Kermode in the shot. And, and in the wildcat look, so don't panic, don't waste a timeout. You know, you've seen it probably. They've got it on film. Um, play consistently, and you know, it's not like you know, Galena's not the 1985 Bears yet. So, I mean, this is, you know, th this is again. I think Carter this is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we, Carter will tell you later. <laughs> but you know, this is a game where Douglas can shake off the Reno thing and, and maybe get some better results. Yeah, and shaking off Reno, I mean. I'm sure they, they obviously want to win, but, I mean, even coming away with a result where you don't give up 46 and answer points would be a, a big positive. I mean, a close game right now I think would go a long way for Douglas, and obviously with it being their homecoming game, you know, they, they want to win. But another thing for Douglas is they only had 27 guys dressed up last week against Reno dealing with quite a few injuries. Uh, a couple guys they expect to have back, um, but 
uh, offensive and defensive lineman Aiden Kaiser has already been ruled out for Friday's game. Jacob Brady's expected to be back, but he missed last week with a concussion uh, against Reno. Even Cole Smalley, their stud linebacker, is dealing with uh, an ankle injury that kind of keeps just you know nagging there. But uh, you know, before I go any further, I just want to point out he's got 59 tackles through four games this year, which is currently tied for 27th in the nation. Uh, wow. So. Uh, pretty impressive for uh, junior Cole Smalley there. Another thing real quickly before I, I go further, Jacob Brady it was selected to play in the 2023 Dream All-American Bowl in Dallas, Texas. Uh, so Brady was uh, picked as a defensive lineman and will head out f- to AT&T Stadium, play where the Cowboys play uh, in G- early January 2023 for that. So con- congrats to Jacob there. I'll have a story coming on that here for this weekend. But yeah, for for Douglas getting that offensive going and obviously being healthy is is a big key. Um, running the ball hasn't been too much of an issue for them. I mean, Connor Jackson has over a hundred yards in three of their four games this year. He had you know sixty five yard touchdown run against Reno uh, to start things off on Douglas's first offensive play, and then you know things kind of got sideways there for them. But it'll be a, I think it's going to be a very interesting test for for Douglas not only do they get to to come back home and play in front of their home fans again but like you said it's a Galena team that is not not a team that you know those who are less familiar with football around the area would just think oh it's another win you know right or it's an easy win this is not that that's not the kind of team that the Grizzlies are going to be this Friday not yet I mean they're they're not there yet they're they're really coming off um for anyone who hasn't followed it uh you know zero wins in in 2020 and in the 2021 air quote season the you know they were limited to four games in that spring season and scored six points in the whole season and I actually was the play happened right in front of me I mean it was in the second half of their final game when they scored you know this is I mean multiple consecutive losses and then um, the win over Carson on Friday was the first league win since 2019 Earlier this season, when they beat uh, North Valley's, it was the first win period. And, you know, so again, to, to hammer on your point, you, right, this is, this is a Galena team that, yes, is better, but this isn't, you know, this isn't Wooster from the 1970s or McQueen from the 80s or whatever, 90s. You know, this is a team that um, had five turnovers last Friday. I mean, let's keep that in mind. So. Yeah, and like I said, you can get coverage online this Friday, uh, as always, through NevadaAppeal.com or RecordCourier.com. You can also follow us on Twitter as well there. Uh, thanks for joining us, Duke. I'm going to quickly run through some other updates here from just around the, the area that feel free to, to add to. But uh, otherwise, thanks for, for joining us here on the, on the pod, and I'm sure we'll have you back soon. Right, thanks, guys. Yeah, moving on real quickly. Obviously, uh, no surprise to anybody in the region. Smoke has blown in. I suppose I jinxed it a little bit. I started talking toward the end or the beginning of September. I was like, wow, August was uh, surprisingly clear all month. And then go figure, it rolls in. So uh, Carson Boys Soccer was postponed. They were supposed to play yesterday at home against Reed. That game has been moved to September 29th. Um, however, there were some other contests that did get to play out over the weekend. Douglas Boys Soccer beat Fernley uh, in a non-league 3A game. They are not into league play there yet. That was a 2-1 win for the Tigers. Junior Elliot Meza and senior Isay Garza had the two goals for Douglas in the win. Joseph Thurston had another four saves in net. He has continued to be a 
solid back line for the Tigers. Uh, Galena girls soccer down Douglas for nothing on Saturday. Douglas had 11 shots on goal, but the Grizzlies have just had the Tigers number over the last couple years. That is a win at Douglas high too. So Douglas moves to four, three and one on the year. Uh, Jeff, well, I'm sure we'll get to the schedule here in a second, but they will take on Damani Tuesday or tonight, assuming that the skies are clear, which it's, that's as of way. now, that's, yeah, that's the way it Damani. looks. Uh, one, one lone cross country result here. Jackson Davis was eighth in Bush Park, Oregon at the Saxon invite. He was the lone tiger representative there and he took eighth overall, uh, Dayton high volleyball. I know we touched on them a little bit last week, but they not, they're now 14 and three this year and are coming off a sweep over North Valley's it's their fourth win in a row. And they did so pretty convincingly, 25-11, 25-13, and 25-10 in those three sets there. Riley Glenn led the way with eight kills for the Dust Devils. Uh, Aisha Agee had two solo blocks while Haley Satoga had one. Um, that will be, yeah, like I said, Dayton's fourth one in a row. They have yet to drop a set over those four wins. So 12 sets to zero over that uh, run there. Like I said, they're sitting at 14 and three. They have yet to enter league play. That'll be next week, but watch out for the dust devil volleyball team. Sierra Lutheran volleyball moves to four and two with a four set win over pyramid Lake and Carson high girls golf won their home meet at Eagle Valley last week with a team score of 358. Uh, Rihanna Redwine led the senators with a individual score of 84 and then a bunch of other Carson girls golfers came in right in the low 90s there. Galena was second with 390 as a team score. Otherwise, that's pretty much going to do it for the last couple days or so of results. Like I said, you know, and obviously nothing happened in last night. Hopefully we'll have stuff tonight. But otherwise, Jeff, what's the rest of the schedule for this week uh, look like from, from your end of things? It's kind of funny. I was looking it all up, and it's homecoming for Douglas Carson and Sierra Lutheran this week, and almost all of their teams are on the road. So it's, it's kind of a short week. Um, and as Carter mentioned, make sure you are paying attention to – uh, I would say social media because it's quicker, mm -hmm. um, but the smoke killed last night. And then at game time, it was clear out there. It was beautiful, but they have to make a decision on how to get the kids here. So right. Gotta, um, so we're anticipating a call or a update any minute on all the teams that are headed <laughs> north today for soccer. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> Thursday, uh, down at Douglas, we'll start down there. Uh, girls tennis is at home. And then freshman football. At 3.30, JV at 5.45, and then volleyball is at home. So that's all Thursday. So it's going to be a busy, busy day at at uh, Douglas on Thursday. So get there early because your parking is going to be a little a little scary. Uh, and then on Friday is the uh, football game that we talked about with Galena for homecoming. Uh, Carson also has uh, very few teams at home. Thursday they've got boys tennis at 3, and then again freshman and JV football uh 3.30 and 5.45, and then – Friday is football uh, at 7 o'clock versus Reed. Um, all the other teams are on the road the whole week, uh, even on Saturday, so for soccer. Uh, and then going out to Dayton, Dayton's got quite a few games going on. Uh, Wednesday, volleyball, so tomorrow, or I guess today when you're hearing this. Um, and then Thursday, boys soccer is at home. And then Friday, volleyball's at home. And Saturday, boys soccer is at home again. And then uh, Sierra Lutheran on Saturday only, volleyball, uh, and I'm I'm almost want to say they got to be ride sharing or something because 
what'd you say? Oahi? Oahi, I believe. Sorry, I botched that. Oahi, guys. Oahi? I was told by the athletic director it was a Nevada guy over here. I'm going to escape from a little blame there. I have no clue. You mentioned it last week, and I'm like, wow. But they are coming over to play volleyball, JV at 10. Varsity at 11 and then football at 1. So all three games against the same school. So that's for homecoming on Saturday for Sierra Lutheran. So in other words, get ready to be out and about Thursday, Friday, Saturday around the area if you're a high school sports fan. But thanks again to today's title sponsor in Double J Auto in Gardnerville. Once again, you can find them online at www.doublejautonv.com. Thanks again to Duke Rittenhouse for joining us here on episode 43. Otherwise, that's going to do it. Like I said, you can find all of our work online at www.nevadaappeal.com or www.recordcourier.com. Yeah, stay tuned to the social medias as well, Facebook, Twitter, what have you, as uh, we keep you all updated on, uh, I guess, pending postponements, cancellations. Uh, Big difference in the definition of those two words, but I won't. I'll save that for another day. Anyways, that's going to do it for episode 43. Thanks again to my producer, Jeff Mulvahill, as always, and We will catch you guys next week. Take it easy.